This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We want to be biblical on this, and so we just we want to review just a little bit last week so we can get the same mindset of where we were. But we talked about a couple things last week that one of the number one questions that people ask is, what's the will of God for my life? I want to know the will of God for my life. Well, there's two ways the will of God operates. The general will of God and the specific will of God. The general will of God can always be found in the Bible. If you want to know the will of God, just pick up your Bible. It will tell you the general will. Now, we used this as an analogy last week that as far as in marriage, if you want to learn about marriage, just look at the general will. The Bible will tell you about it. Ephesians 5, it will tell you over and over about marriage. But it does not tell you the specific will. What do I mean by the specific will? You may understand how to get married, but you don't understand who to get married. And so the only way that happens is through the Holy Spirit. How's that? Well, you're real close there after we took up the offerings. Just go back to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 and verse 10. I just want to show you. This was one of our main texts last week. And it says, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. He tells me right here, only the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God. Even for my life and yours. And so I, I, I desire the things of God in my life, but there's times I need the specific will. How many of you, before you got married, you found in the Bible, it said, marry Judy attitude you won't find it in there. And so a lot of times, we, we, we are attracted to people just because of their physical appearance. But if you marry just someone for their physical appearance, you're going to find out one day that Prince Charming is going to turn into a toad. And you're going to wake up one morning and look at him and say, U-G-L-Y, you have no alibi, you're ugly. And so the goal of this in every area of my life is to say, Lord, I want to know. I want to know your heart in this matter. It's like a job. The Bible is very clear that all of us should have a job. We should go to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. That's the general will of God. But what's the specific will of God? I don't find in the Bible where it specifically says, You need to be a plumber. You need to be an electrician. You need to be a banker. So what happens is I get around the things of God. I get around the Holy Spirit and he'll begin to lead me and guide me. How many of you have ever bought a bad car before? You know why? I didn't take time to get around the Holy Spirit and listen to him. I've done that one time and I won't do it again. And so, you know, when you need a car, it's very easy. Boy, I just got to have a car. Well, what kind of car? Well, ask the Holy Spirit, and he'll begin to lead you and guide you in those areas. And so we talked about that last week, that i got to get around the Holy Spirit, and i got to begin to hang out with him. The second thing that I want you to understand is, in Romans 8, verses 14, it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I can be led by the Spirit of God. You can be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8, verse 16 says, the Spirit of God bears with our spirit Or he joins with our spirit. The Holy Spirit will. He'll begin to lead me and guide me. But listen. I can't have a relationship with someone else 
through someone else. I can't do that. I've got to get to know him on a personal basis. It would be like me walking in the mall and some unknown woman come up to me and say, do you think I ought to marry him? Well, I'd say, well, I don't know. I don't know either one of you. But see, that's to a degree we've treated the Holy Spirit. We don't know him. We don't hang out with him. And so I got to get around him. I got to fellowship with him. I got to be intimate with him. Because remember, he is a person. He's the third head of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about this last week, that the the makeup of mankind. Why don't you go with me to the book of Ephesians 4? Turn there, and I'll keep talking. Ephesians chapter 4 tonight. I'm going to load you up with the Word of God again. But man is three-part. Man is spirit, man is soul, and man is body. In order for a person to be a person, he must have a soul. My soul is made up of my mind, my will, and my emotions. My mind has to do with my thinking. My will has to do with my desires. And my emotions have to do with my feelings. Now, we talked about this week, last week. Get, go, go to the podcast. Get the CD. You'll find out that it references God has a soul. The Lord Jesus has a soul. But look at this here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know what that tells me right there just with that word grieve? The Holy Spirit has feelings. He has emotions. And we're told here, do not grieve him. The word grieve there means don't cause injury or distress. The amplifies said, don't offend him or sadden him. This tells me right here, if we're charged not to grieve the Holy Spirit, we can grieve him. Now, keep reading this verse. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Who did he say the Holy Spirit was of? Of God. Now, any time that people begin to bash the Holy Spirit and they become negative and they become critical of the Holy Spirit, Actually, they're becoming very critical of God. They're saying, I don't want that, God. I don't believe in that because it said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Keep reading. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You were marked. You were branded as God's own on the day of redemption. And it says specifically, by whom. So you know what that tells me? When we give our hearts to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, he comes in there and he brands us. He marks us for the day of redemption. Now, if this passage here, which it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't you think it would be important if we found out the things that grieved him? Now, this may locate you. Ephesians 4, begin in verse 25. The subtitle above 25 in my Bible says, don't grieve the Spirit. So he says in verse 25, Therefore put away lying, lest each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So the first thing he deals with here is quit lying. Reject lying. Base your life on the truth. Because lying, you know this in a relationship. Lying will disrupt the unity in a relationship. 
And it will get where you don't trust. Think about this in your life. If you've been around something, someone that lies, you know what you do? It breaks your unity with them. You're like, man, all they do is lie. You've heard this said, man, if his mouth is open, he's lying. And so you begin to see that. Now, understand two things here, I believe. Number one, that is when I become a person that lies, I'm going to grieve the Holy Spirit. The second thing we got to understand is this. Now, this is good. This will help us. If lying is a problem in my life, the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll help you. You begin to say, oh, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't want to lie. Help me. And so when you're right there on the verge of telling this big fat lie, a white lie, whatever that is, kind of sounds racial, a white lie, the Holy Spirit will begin to work on your heart. And right there before you do it, he'll begin to work on you and he'll convict your heart. Now, when he does that, you have the opportunity. Do I go ahead and lie or do I tell the truth? And some of you say, well, Pastor, you kind of act like you have that by experience. I do. I mean, before you get born again, you're all of the above. You're a sinner. You know what sinners do? They lie. I was a liar. And so the Holy Spirit will begin to work on you. The second thing he says in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And he says, when angry, don't sin. In other words, in this verse, he said, don't let your anger lead you to sin. Now, we've all been there before. Now, if you'll notice right there, the Bible doesn't say we shouldn't feel angry. It didn't say that. But it does insinuate that we should deal with anger properly. Why? Because if I don't deal with anger properly, once again, I'll ruin or destroy a relationship. And when I let anger stay on the inside of me, you know what anger on the inside of you does? It creates bitterness. And so he tells us here, deal with it. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. So right there, he's telling us, listen, before the day's over, deal with that anger. Used to, when I'd get mad at Shelly, that's what I'd tell her. I got till the sun goes down. Well, that's not what it actually meant, but that's kind of my paraphrased edition, okay? Keep reading. Verse 27. Nor give place to the devil. Don't give opportunity to the devil. So right there, he tells me there are certain things that we can begin to do. We, me, that I can give place to the devil. Now, you know what's interesting about human nature? We give place to the devil, but we're very good at blaming the devil. We'll say, well, the devil did this and the devil. No, 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 wait a minute. A lot of times, we've given place to the devil because we've opened the door to him. And one of the ways we open the door to him is with anger. And he's telling me, if I get over into anger and I don't deal with it properly, I'm going to open the door to him. So here's the next thought on the thing of anger. If you've got anger problems... Man, don't go to anger management class. Get around the Holy Spirit. He'll begin to help you. He'll put a peace on you. So you're beginning to see some of the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. Verse 28. Let him who stole still no longer. He deals with thieves. But rather let him labor working with his hands. He's telling you, learn to make a a good living by your hands. You don't have to be a thief. 
Why did he tell us this? Well, keep reading. Working with his hands, what is good that he may have something to give who has need? Wow. That changes my heart when I realize, you know what? I don't just go to work for me. I go to work to to help other people. You got a problem with stealing? Ask the Holy Ghost to help you, and he will. Verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. No abusive, no polluting language come out of your mouth. Corrupt word. We could all probably raise our hand on that one. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary, for edification, for exhortation, that's beneficial, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So when we speak junk out of our mouth, whether that's aimed at other people, it's abusive, it's polluting, guess what I've done? I've grieved the Holy Spirit. Keep reading. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now those are some big words in there. So what I did, I went to all the different translations and I wrote ones down that are very easy to understand. Put away bitterness, wrath, rage, anger, bad temper, resentment, animosity, contention, slander, ill will. Now, I will tell you this. The Holy Spirit will help you in every one of those. And understand, when we grieve the Holy Spirit, He's not mad at us. He hurts for us. Because when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we break our fellowship with Him. And when we break the fellowship with anybody... We have no relationship with them. And so when I read this passage right here, that's what he's talking about. I've got to ask myself this question. Are there any of those things that he just mentioned that I know in my heart I've grieved him? If you're like me, you can probably say, yeah, there's some of those I've I've done. That's me. I got angry today. I got mad this today. I had animosity today. That guy who cut me off in the street, I said, I'll kill him. I didn't do that, but you just see how easy it is. And so the thing is in these situations, when I know I've grieved the Holy Spirit, when you've you've done something to offend your spouse or someone you know, how do you get back in relationship with them? You repent. You say, man, I'm sorry. That's not my heart. I don't want to do that. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. So when we know we've grieved him to stay in fellowship with him, man, let's keep our heart right. Let's repent. And he ends in verse 32, and look at this. And he said, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now when I read verse 32, I look at that and I say, Is that even humanly possible? Yeah, it is, with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God right there, he can help you to be kind tender-hearted and forgiving one another. Just like that. Now, the rest of the evening, I want you to turn to the book of Job, chapter 32. The book of Job, chapter 32. And there's a couple verses in here that will literally define before our eyes the role of the Holy Spirit in relationship, how he bridges 
the things of God to the things of men. And what happens with the Holy Spirit that he wants to help every one of us, even in times of difficulty, even in times of trouble. Now, when you get in trouble, is God your adversary or is God your advocate? Now, let's read beginning in Job 32, verse 1. So these three men since ceased from answering Job. They were trying to help Job out. Why did they cease from answering Job? Because he was righteous in his own eyes. He was innocent. He was prideful. Then the wrath of Elihu, the son of Barshel, the buzzite of the family of Ram, was aroused against Job. His wrath was aroused because Job justified himself rather than God. And he's angry at Job because Job was self-righteous. And so this guy wants to help Job. Verse 4. Now because they were years older than Elihu and had waited to speak to Job, when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of these three men, his wrath was aroused. So Elihu, the son of Barshel, the Buzzite, answered and said, I am young in years, and you are very old. Therefore, I was afraid, or I held back, and I dared not declare my opinion to you. I didn't tell you what I thought. I said, age, or just because it's, you're older, you should speak. And multitudes of years should teach wisdom. But there is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty, he gives him understanding. Great men are not always wise, nor do the aged always understand justice. Now, when you begin to look at this, a person of understanding is not just due to his age, and not just due to his position of influence, but it's a life that is a result of the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 8 again. But there is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Listen to this in the message, and this will really come alive to you. Chapter 32, verse 7. It says, I kept thinking. Experience will tell. The longer you live, the wiser you become. But I see I was wrong. It's God's spirit in a person. The breath of the almighty one that makes wise human insight possible. So he tells me right there, if I'll begin to hang around the Holy Spirit, he'll bring wisdom. He'll bring understanding. So many times in our life, we look at wisdom that it only comes by age and it only comes by experience. And that may help to a degree. But I can never isolate the Holy Spirit. Do you know the Holy Spirit knows more about every category, every situation you're in in life than man will ever know. Period. Period. How many have ever been working on something? Whether it's putting something together, something's broken your car, and you have beat your head all day. But never one time did you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you help me here? I've begun to do that more and more. When I get stumped in life, I'll say, Holy Spirit, I don't know. But I know you know. 
And he will begin to assist you because he is full of the wisdom of God. Chapter 33. Verse number 1. Job 33, 1. But please, Job, hear my speech and listen to all my words. Now I open my mouth and my tongue speaks in my mouth. My words come from my upright heart. And my lips utter pure knowledge or truth. The Spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Listen to that same passage in the message. So please, Job, hear me out. Honor me by listening to me. What I'm about to say has been carefully thought out. I have no ulterior motives in this. I'm speaking honestly from my heart. The Spirit of God made me what I am. And the breath of God Almighty gave me life. Do you begin to see if I alienate the Spirit of God in my life? He can't help me. Over and over in John, it specifically said, The Lord Jesus and Father God, I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you a helper. An advocate. Someone to assist you in this thing called life. And I believe the, the goal of the Holy Spirit is to show us the real meaning of life. He's there to show us how to live life to its fullest. How many of you when you got married thought you had it all figured out? i tell you right now. To this day I say, Holy Spirit, you got to help me. My wife, woman... Thinks differently than I think. She doesn't understand me. And I don't understand her. At times. But Holy Spirit. You know. How many of you ever had difficulties. And you've been stumped with a child. And you may have children. That one's a great pleaser. And one's not a pleaser. And you think oh my gosh. This one came out of the womb. And had angel feathers. And this one came out of the womb. And had horns on his head. And we try everything we knew. No. We read every book we can read. We go to this council and that council. But have we ever asked, Holy Spirit, can you help me? Because guess what? Every child is different. But the Holy Spirit knows. And so right here, as if, as if Eli, who was telling Job, he said, listen, dude, the answer is in the Spirit of God. He'll help us. He'll give us insight. He'll give us direction. Job 34. Verse 10. Therefore listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do wickedness. God cannot sin. And from the Almighty to commit iniquity, He can do no wrong. For God, he repays man according to his works or according to his deeds. And he makes man to find a reward according to his way. God treats people as they deserve. God is a just God. Verse 12. Surely God will never do wickedly, nor will the Almighty pervert or twist justice. Who gave him charge over the earth? Or who appointed or set him over the whole world? If he should set his heart on it, 
If he should gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to the dust. So you know what he's telling me and you right here? If God was to take the Holy Spirit away from man and move him out right now, man would immediately die and go back to the dust of the earth. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. Now what I find more and more is that you find people that Christians, we don't deny the Holy Spirit. People, Christians, will say, well, I believe in the Father, I believe in the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit. But yet, have we ever experienced His help in our life? Have we ever experienced His anointing in our life? Have we ever included Him in our life? No, we haven't, for the most part. And so, to a degree, the Holy Spirit is the forgotten part of God. Yet the Lord said, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit of God. You can study there in, in, in Acts 10, 38, it said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed. If you'll catch that, it said how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus himself, when he walked this earth, he walked under the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same with us. And so when I read all this here, and we'll take it a little bit each week, I've got to get to the place where I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. And it could be that easy. I welcome you into my day. I welcome you into my job. I welcome you when I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I welcome you all the time. Be a part of my day, but it takes you and me being intimate with him. Again, listen, the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit doesn't do weird things. People do weird things. The Holy Spirit is the very breath of God. And so I got to begin to welcome Him. I got to begin to hang out with Him. And I got to get time to know Him. And I got to learn to fellowship with Him. Once again, how, how, do I, how do I get to know anybody? I spend time with them. And not only do I do all the talking, I learn to listen. Will it take you some time? Yeah. But you'll begin to share with him things in your life, in your heart, and then get real still and get real quiet. Remember, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. That he'll bear witness with your spirit. Now, I'll end with this tonight. I'm 20 years old. I haven't been born again very long, okay? I mean, I'm, I am being a refined sinner. God is working hard in my life. So I'm at Bible school. And I begin to hear the teaching of the Holy Spirit. I begin to hear it. I begin to hear it. And I begin to hear it. And I begin to realize I need the Holy Spirit in my life. And so where it says those who are led by the, the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I said, Lord, I want to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, don't do this because I did this, okay? You'd only do this if you get this in your heart. But how the Lord began to, to teach me to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. And listen, it's not an audible voice. It isn't like he stands up and says, hey, stupid. He doesn't do that. But there'll be stuff within your heart that you'll sense a peace or you'll sense almost a yuck. And when you sense that peace, you know it's like he's saying, yes, yes. So what I 
I begin to do that when we would drive our car, I would get as close to empty as I could on purpose. So much the little yellow light would come on. And Shelly would freak out. So what I would begin to do, and I would say this. I would get in it, I'd start it, and I'd look, and the yellow light's on, and my flesh is freaking out. And I would say, Holy Spirit, I have to go over here to referee today. Can I make it on this gas? I would sit right there and I would get, I'd get in my heart. I'd get in my heart. I'd get that peace. Or I'd get uh, that, yuck, don't do it, don't do it. And so when I'd get that peace, I would take off and I wouldn't care what it looked like in the natural. And I would get over there and I thought, yes, I heard from the Spirit of God. I would get back in and I'd say, Holy Spirit, I want you to, I want to hear your voice. I want to know, I want to know. And so I'd ask him, can I make it home? And so I begin to do that. And to be honest with you guys, I still do it to this day. This, this, this may shock some of you. If you've ever gone to the orphanage with me to, down in Juarez, there's been times that we've come out of Carlsbad and I looked down there and I said, Holy Ghost, can I make that? And I would get a piece. Now, when you get out there between Carlsbad Caverns and El Paso, there's not even animals. There's no life. So you are at the end. It's it. You're either there or you're not. And I'm telling you, we swing right on into El Paso. And Paso's like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I never tell Shelly a lot of that, okay? It's between me and God. So here's the deal. One night I'm riffing. And I had prayed and I'd got over to where I need to riff and I'd made it. And I'm on my way to go back home. And I specifically said, Holy Spirit, you got to help me. So I get in the vehicle and I sense a yuck. Like, you won't make it. You got to get gas. You got to get it. So I said, okay, okay. So I take off and there's the gas station. And I get ready to pull in and I look. And there's two cars in front of me. Now remember, we're talking about being led by the Spirit of God in this situation. I wasn't learning patience at that time. It was learning to be led by the Spirit of God. And so I was like, on that, I ain't waiting for two people. And I took off. And I got on this road called the Broken Arrow Expressway in Tulsa. Six lanes of traffic. And I ran out of gas. And I was PO'd. I was personally offended. Personally offended. And I remember they had to bring me a gas can and all that. This is the gospel truth. I've never ran out of gas since then. Ever. Ever. And I'll still do it to this day. At times I say, Lord, you've got to show me. You've got to show me. Now, listen, don't do that junk just because I did that, okay? Especially with your wife. Don't do that stuff. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. But I, I'm just giving you ideas how you can be, begin to learn. I mean, think about this. When I first started dating Shelly, if she would have called me, and back when me and her started dating, there wasn't cell phones where their number came up, and you said, oh, it's Shelly. Back then, you still had landlines. So you didn't know. You'd say, hello, and she'd speak, and I'd say, who is this? Why? I didn't know her voice. 34 years later of marriage, when she calls, whether I see her name on there or not, I pick it up, and I say, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Why? I know her voice. Because we've spent time together. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. 
He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to help us. And so again, guys, this isn't something weird. It's not something freaky. It's just the life of God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.